0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, by. Anything's possible. Yeah. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us part of your regular routine. We are the Rain and Jays, although I am the one Rain and Jay here today. John Corrales, Jay King, Sam Packard, both taking the night off. I will be here handling your mailbag questions. You sent in the question with the hashtag Rain and Jays. I will be here to answer to the best of my abilities. They are all going to be brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is sponsoring tonight's show. They are the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. And they will get you in to see your favorite team, musician, whatever, in person. I have a promo code for that in a few minutes. Alright, first, before we get to your questions. There was a uh, little bit of a transaction flurry today. For the Celtics, they signed a few guys officially. Starting with Daniel Theiss. Then adding Gershon Yabusele officially. And then, uh, at some point, Shane Larkin will be a 16th player who will sign a contract with the Celtics. And the Celtics can bring up to 20 guys into camp. And then they can cut from there. So, there's not... Uh, There's not some weird thing going on, really. And it appears that, uh, you know, we got to see, first of all, what the structures of the contracts are. But it appears that the Celtics are just bringing in guys to get a little camp competition. And we're going to see a little bit more of what we saw last year with James Young and R.J. Hunter. And maybe one of these guys ends up going. Maybe it's a a surprise. Maybe there's a shocking Terry Rozier cut at some point in, in camp. Or I'm just throwing stuff out there, but you know, Rozier makes just about two million. There, he's up for a team option next year, so they're really not costing themselves anything if something shocking like that happens. I know Sam Packard might be listening to the show and lose his mind when I hear when I talk about cutting Tito. Just I'm just throwing wild scenarios out there. You never know what's going to happen with with this camp competition. You never know who's out there. You may, maybe it's a message to somebody. Maybe it's insurance. If Isaiah Thomas isn't quite ready for the start of the season, hard to say, but Larkin, Yabusele, Theis, all going to be part of the team, at least going into camp. We'll see what happens after that, but minor deals. It looks like things are pretty much set. Unless the Celtics are cooking up some sort of trade. there are, still trades rumors out there maybe they dive in on the Carmelo Anthony trade as a fourth team I doubt that very much but you know you never know with Danny Ainge so there there might be some stuff cooking maybe maybe somebody's going to go maybe he's working on something I don't know but the the net effect is there will be camp competition and that's not a bad thing and so we'll see what happens once Larkin is in the fold and once we get the full scope of guarantees, partial guarantees. Maybe that'll paint a better picture. All right, I asked you guys to send in your questions via the Rain and Jays hashtag, and you did by a lot. So we're going to get to it right after I tell you about Geek. Our friends at SeatGeek have been supporting this show for a while. You should be using the SeatGeek app just like I do whenever I go to a new city if there's something I want to check out. You want to explore? Open up the SeatGeek app. It's a great way to explore the city that you're in. If you take a trip, whatever it is, and you need to know what's going on, open up the SeatGeek app. It'll know where you are, and it'll tell you what shows, what's going on, what you can buy tickets to. And you can buy tickets to just about anything. I did this when I was in Vegas. I do it whenever I go to a new city. Open up the SeatGeek app. It gives me... A full range of events, not just sports. It could be a concert. It could be a show. It could be a play if you're into that stuff. could be anything. It's all on the SeatGeek app. You can buy and sell tickets if you've got tickets to something with just two taps. They help you find the best seats at the best prices, and it is fully guaranteed. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching the multiple ticket sites They'll do that for you to compare the tickets, compare the prices, and find the amazing deals. And to get you the best bang for the buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Every purchase, again, fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with complete confidence. No worries, no nothing. They do the work, everything's great, customer service, make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports to concerts to comedy to theater, it's all there. And if you haven't used it yet, you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LONBA. Okay? If you've heard this before, you haven't used it, it's a different promo code. Download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LONBA today. L O N B A, you get twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Trust me, you will not regret using SeatGeek. Now to your questions using using the hashtag Jays Let's start at the most recent one and work our way down the list, shall we? At Mighty Zadran from Australia. Good day from Australia. I won't. Ruin that by doing a stupid Australian accent. I have more respect for you guys than that. Good day from Australia. By having so many rookies on the squad, have the Celtics created an Achilles heel for themselves? That's something that's been happening, a a question that's been coming up, comments that have been being made. For the Celtics, when it comes to this roster, yes, they have a lot of rookies. When you look at the team... Uh, they just signed Yabusele to a rookie deal. Theis is coming over as a rookie. Abdel Nader, Ante Zizic, uh, Jason Tatum, all of, Semi Ojale, those guys all on rookie deals. Fine. I understand that. The depth at the end of the bench is going to be very young, very raw. That hurts a little bit, but... Also keep in mind that that's mostly end-of-bench level player. At the top, Isaiah Thomas, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Jay Crowder, all seasoned veterans. Marcus Smart's going into his third year. He's a pro. He might start. You might have Jalen Brown in there in his second year. Young, still learning, but fine. Fine. Uh, still young. Marcus Morris comes in, he's a good veteran. Aaron Baines comes in, he's a good veteran. Rozier's been around for a couple of years. Those guys are going to be most of your minutes. The only rookie that we're looking to really make a big impact is Jason Tatum. And as we saw in Summer League, he seems to have the tools. A lot of people in the know A lot of people I talk to, a lot of players that are speaking uh, on the air, on TV, on radio, they like what they see from Jason Tatum. So if you're going to have a rookie that is asked to do a lot, it it might as well be your third overall pick, the guy you traded away the number one overall pick for. So yes, I understand the question, and yes... There is a tiny weakness there, or maybe not a tiny weakness, maybe it's bigger, and you may be able to call that an Achilles heel, but you're not asking the rookies to do a ton like Philly or Phoenix or those other teams with young cores. Those guys aren't playing 30, 35 minutes a game. The the youth is going to be able to play more limited minutes and you can work them in. You're not going to be playing five rookies together during the regular season. And if they if they are, it's either a giant blowout or something has gone massively wrong. So, I'm not too worried. I understand the concern. It's not illegitimate. I'm not too worried. Next, at Carbonite Kid is it worth trading Crowder sooner rather than later while his trade value is relatively high rather than later with the diminished role? Another question that keeps popping up. Crowder, I don't see him as having a diminished role. I know that people tend to think of this roster as super heavy on small forwards. I think that's by design. That's not an accident. He Danny Ainge has built a team with a bunch of guys that can play multiple positions, just look at the guys that they have. Crowder can play the three, can play the four. In extreme small ball circumstances, he'll switch over to a five on a, on occasion, but he can play the three or the four. So he can play out in the wing. He's got he can do he can do a few different things. Gordon Hayward, who they just brought in, obviously plays the three. He can start at the two, he can bring the ball up, he can be a ball handler in situations. That's not going to be a guy that fits just one role. Marcus Morris can play the three or the four. Jalen Brown started at the two, can play the three, might be able to move over to the four. Jason Tatum can play the three. Eventually, he'll learn to play a little bit more small ball four. Who knows, maybe he'll play a little bit of two in his in his time. It's all very flexible. Marcus Smart is a ball handler that we've seen switch on to fours, even fives on defense. So there will be minutes for all of these guys to be used in very creative ways. And I think that's the big thing that we have to really look at, the creativity that Brad Stevens is going to have to – Work and experiment with with these guys. You can throw a lineup out there of Hayward and Horford and Crowder and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Just just for shits and giggles. Go for it. You got some passing, you got some ball handling. You know, you got you got options there who knows how you'll see, you'll see crazy lineups like that. You'll see a bunch of guys who are six, nine out there at the same time. And, and we won't know who's playing what position, who plays, who brings the ball up? Who's the small forward? Who's the center in those situations? So I think we need to kind of expand our thinking. So I'm not really thinking that it's necessary to trade Jay Crowder. Now, it's possible that they could if they see how this season goes along. If maybe he doesn't like the role, if they feel like they can fill the role a different way, then maybe they can move him. But look, he's got two more years at 7.3 and $7.8 million. He's being paid 6.8 million this year. That's amazing money. Amazing money for Jay Crowder. Crowder is going to make less in the final year of his contract than Jason Tatum is. That's insane. Gordon Hayward is going to make more than four times what Jay Crowder makes in the final year of Crowder's contract. That's high, high value. High value. For a guy that can be, even if you look at him as just the 3 and D guy, then that is still high, high value. So I'm not in a hurry to get rid of Crowder. Of course, with that high value, there might be teams that will offer him offer a bunch for him. Then, yeah, Danny Ainge has to listen to that. But his value, unless his shooting somehow craters over the next couple of years, there's no hurry. You don't have to trade him this year. You don't have to trade him next year. Maybe the year after. But the Celtics need cheap guys that can fill multiple roles. He's the exact type of guy that the Celtics need on the roster because they're going to have to pay so much money out. They're going to have to pay Isaiah Thomas. They're going to have to pay potentially Marcus Smart. They're going to have to pay uh, Jalen Brown in a couple years. They're going to have to pay Terry Rozier if he makes the team. There, there are there are a lot of different people that need to get paid. You want a good affordable, high-value guy like Crowder around to fill a role. That's why so many of these rookies are so important because you're going to have really good players who make less than $10 million a year that give you great minutes. And you don't have to pay $25, $30 million to get high-quality minutes out of guys. That's why so many of these rookies are so important. That's why Crowder is so important. So I can see why teams would want him. I can see why Ainge would listen but there's no real hurry to move Jay Crowder. Tommy King at Celtics Town. Do we know anything about Daniel Thyce other than he's big and white and signed? Not much. I'm not going to pretend that I know a ton about this kid. I've seen the highlight films. I read about him. He looks like a guy that's pretty athletic, but, you know, Ante Zizic looked pretty athletic, and then he came over here, and he didn't look great. So I'm hoping that, That was just fatigue, first of all, for Zizic. Secondly, I'm hoping that Thice looks as athletic as he did in some of these highlight videos. I mean, he's catching alley-oops and dunking on people. That's good. And, you know, he popped out for three uh, in a couple of these things. He can hit it, but I I don't know that he's going to be any sort of stretch four or stretch five. Uh, So he seems like an athletic guy who probably likes to play close to the rim. He'll go up, he'll catch alley-oops. He can go up and uh, fight for rebounds. I don't see him being more than a backup big. I don't think he's going to slide in and do anything spectacular. But that's that's about it. I, I I really don't know a ton. I haven't seen him play full games. So we'll just have to wait and see on him. At Mighty Mouse 235, Ron Rosales. It's a good question. I, this is one where I wish I had the other guys here. What do you think Paul Pierce's legacy would be if the Big Three never materialized? Would he have been remembered in the same way? Uh, well, no, because if the Big Three never materialized and they never won a title and he retired ringless, it would be it would be different. Um, and I don't know how that would have gone. I really don't know. Maybe he would have gotten traded much earlier. Maybe he would have gone and and had those four or five productive years that he had in Boston, maybe would have had them somewhere else because Ainge, we know what Ainge does. He He's not afraid to trade guys. He wasn't afraid to trade Pierce when that run ended. So there's a high possibility that if that big three never materialized, that Pierce would have been gone much, much sooner. I don't know that he would have stuck around. I think Ainge would have just hit the reset button, but I don't know that we would have the same feelings. I mean, part of the redemption of Paul Pierce is the shot of him holding up that MVP trophy. He not only became a, a guy who embraced his role, who embraced the team, and embraced Doc Rivers after really spending a good portion of the beginning of his career... And more, much more selfish, much more brash. He's a guy that we saw turn things around. We love reclamation projects. We love guys who have grown up. We like watching guys grow up, mature. And he admits that that's, that's what he did. And that's what he needed to do. But part of that process was becoming the captain, leading the Celtics to a title, and and that cemented his legacy. I don't know that he even has a chance to do that if the trade for the big 3 never happens. But it's it's wild to think about all of the pieces that came together. So, but I prefer not to delve too deeply into that because it did happen. The Celtics did win did win their 17th championship. Paul Pierce, in my favorite moment, standing on that rickety card table, holding that MVP trophy up over his head while staff and players try to prevent that table from collapsing. It's just a great scene. was uh, soaked in that moment. That moment is where I think everything just galvanized. So, yeah, man. Can't believe that his career is over. On a related topic... The gunkster asks, what do the Celtics look like today if the Brooklyn trade never happens? Now, this assumes the big three have gone and run their course. And on that day, the Celtics do not trade Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Jason Terry to Brooklyn for that wild package. I would say, man, how do they look? Obviously, none of these guys are here. None of these guys. I, if if we, Are we assuming that Pierce and Garnett get re-signed? I still feel like they would be moved somewhere else. So the Celtics certainly would not get that bevy of picks. They certainly would not get the opportunity to draft all of these players and have Jason Tatum and have Jalen Brown and have whatever that next year's pick is. Uh, That never happens. And then the Rondo trade certainly doesn't happen the way it happened, which means Crowder doesn't come here, which means Isaiah Thomas. None of that stuff materializes. The Celtics wouldn't have the cap space to absorb the Tyler Zeller and Marcus Thornton deal. So that never flips over to Isaiah a lot. None None of these guys are here. And then when none of these guys are here, then what do we look like? we we look like something completely utterly different and I, I shudder to think at the possibilities but that trade was so far reaching so far reaching we we still don't know the full effect of it because that trade they still flipped that pick at the in june So the Celtics still have another pick. So even when they make that Brooklyn pick, there's still another tentacle that Lakers slash Kings pick is part of it because the Celtics keep flipping things in in this deal. We don't know the full effect. Still, we still don't know who we have completed from the Pierce and Garnett trade. At some point, if the Celtics get two top five picks next season, then finally finally, we will be able to close the book on that Pierce and Garnett trade. that's how wide ranging that's how awesome that trade was. that's crazy to me. that's crazy. nobody makes a deal like that anymore. really just an utter fleecing. So how do the Celtics look? I mean completely utterly different and there's just there's no way you can possibly Really think about what players are on this team because you don't know who Pierce and Garnett get traded to. Do they get traded that year? Do they get? Uh, do they try to run it back? Where does Rondo go? All of that stuff, man. It's it's just nuts. Okay, Mark Pachico at Mark seventy one. Love this squad. What's their floor and what's the ceiling? Barring injury. Okay, I think that they should be at least as good as last year. Right? 53 wins or so. They are a 50-win team when, at the absolute worst, if guys underperform in the East with all of these good players, even in underperforming Isaiah Thomas, maybe if Isaiah, let's think that Isaiah takes a step back and Horford for some reason takes a step back, and Hayward doesn't quite integrate the right way, and Tatum isn't what we thought he is. Even then, those guys are still all talented enough, and Brad Stevens is good enough, and the East is bad enough, that this team is still a 50-win team, and still gets home court, at least in the first round, and should be no worse than the fourth seed. That's the absolute floor. The ceiling is an NBA Finals team, That somehow, first of all, I think that they could probably, if all things go right, barring injury, they could even win 60 games. Because, again, not because that they are fully a 60-win team, but the East is so bad that they're just going to wipe out the bottom part of the East. Aside from probably some really, really frustrating losses that we always seem to have. But... Those are always offset by you know beating Golden State and Golden State or some weird stuff. This team could potentially win sixty games at its at its best. Everything works out. These guys go nuts. Uh, Hayward is everything we thought he would be. Tatum impresses and has a Rookie of the Year quality season. Jalen Brown takes a big step forward. Marcus Smart figures out his shot. Tito Rozier is big off the bench. All of that stuff. I mean, we're talking about ceiling, absolute ceiling, right? All of that stuff is a 60-win team. That is a top seed that gets home court all the way through that, and again, high, uh, absolute best-case scenario. That's what this I'm talking about now. Pie in the sky, everything goes right. Cleveland starts to collapse. They sign Derrick Rose. He, he really hurts their team. Uh, LeBron gets pissed off. The chemistry goes off, uh, and the matchup works out where Baines kind of controls Tristan Thompson and Hayward gives the, the Celtics a guy that takes a lot of the pressure off Isaiah Thomas and you can't defend him the right way and the Celtics win a seven game series against the Cavaliers and go to the NBA Finals. That is the ultimate best case scenario. It's possible. It's there. I still want to get into the season and see how these guys go before we can really fantasize about that too much. But but the possibility, outside chance, exists that that happens. And if that happens, that's great. You know, you go out there, you get to the NBA Finals, and that's when you start saying, hey, anything can happen. If uh, Kevin Durant sprains an ankle and Draymond Green kicks too many people in the nuts, and you you got a shot. You got a shot. But uh, I don't really. I mean, the Warriors, the, the Celtics team is built to to take that step after the Warriors start to kind of do their damage. We're looking for Tatum and Brown and these other guys next year's draft pick or picks to grow up and in two, three, four years be the team with now veteran help, Isaiah Thomas and Horford and Hayward being the veteran, high quality veteran guys. That's the team that really becomes the finals contender. That over the next two years, this 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 Celtics iteration is the team that can take advantage of Cleveland's imploding and possible injuries and, and maybe sneak in and like steal something, steal a championship if, if that's how it goes, but they're not really, I'm not looking at this team as we're going to take on golden state and we got to see how they match up. Who's going to guard clay Thompson and blah, blah, blah. That's, but if we're looking at ceilings barring injury, there it is. Sam jam Packard asks over under on the amount of times we discussed the final roster spot. Every damn day until mid-October. Every single day, somebody's going to ask. That's how it goes. And hey, welcome to August and September in NBA. That's uh, We're ready for that. I'm ready for that. We'll keep going with it. Dan Penza, D-Penza 53433. I love these random numbers at the end. Probably not random for Dan, but whatever. Which rookie's inevitable lack of playing time will piss the fans off the most? Ooh, I'm going to go with Semi Ogelet or Gershon Yabuselli. either one of those two guys. I think I, we've kind of fallen in love with the Dancing Bear and Semi and, or Shimmy or however we pronounce that. I, I think those guys might struggle a little bit more. Than we had hoped. Uh, I think that those guys will take some time to develop. I mean, that, and that's fine. But I feel like Ojale is going to come in, hit like two or three threes in a game, and people are going to be clamoring for minutes. And Brad's going to sit him down three straight games, and people are going to lose their minds over semi Ojale sitting down. That's going to be a big problem. Or Yabusele, I think he's as capable of doing that. As either guy. But those are the guys. Plus they've got fun names to say. And they're awesome. They're huge. They're jacked. We want to see those guys come in. And like. Body slam people. So. Those two guys are going to. Their lack of playing time is definitely going to piss off Celtics fans. Dan Reifler. At Reifsy. Will they extend smart. Before free agency. To avoid having to match crazy offers by teams like the Nets. That's going to be an interesting scenario. Because. Marcus Smart is going to be a restricted free agent and they have to offer Marcus Smart uh, a deadline by October 17th. So the season will have begun and Marcus Smart will be due for an extension. And if it's not offered by October 17th, then they go into the summer and offer him the uh, qualifying offer. And leave it to restricted free agency. I don't know that the Celtics really offer him an extension. Well, let me actually backtrack. They may offer him an extension at a reduced price. At the Marcus Smart can't shoot price. And hopefully they would be able to agree to a two or three year deal at a reasonable price that would keep Marcus Smart off the market that would preclude them from getting the insane uh, Brooklyn offer that screws everybody, the Allen Crabb deal. That, that would be great. And if Marcus Smart wants to agree to that, that would be great. I, I don't know. That's up to him and his agent to figure out where they see his value. Do they see him going out onto the open market and getting max type of offers? Are teams going to overpay? Is is somebody going to do a Tim Hardaway and offer an insane amount of money that the Celtics absolutely won't match? Because the Celtics and Danny Ainge and Zarin and those guys all have a number. And at some point, at the beginning of the season, they'll have a number for Marcus Smart. And if he has an amazing season, if he makes that year three leap, then, a uh, year four leap, I should say, then that number changes. And the Celtics will have a number for, for that. and Or maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just let him go. Like they did Kelly Olynyk. So I think they may talk a little bit about an offer. They might try to get him at a reasonable price. And that's what you should do. You should get Marcus Smart at some kind of below market value. And I don't know what his value is really going to be. 10, 12 million? I think. I think paying Marcus $12 million a year is is pretty good for what he does. And I think he, he will figure it out. I think his... Look, you look at his free throw percentage. You look at his corner three percentage. There is there is gold under there somewhere with his shooting. We just got to mine for it a little bit. And if his shooting selection improves, and if it improves this season, then he will become a lot more valuable. So... The Celtics may try to offer him a deal to try to lock him up at a decent price for a few years. Maybe they do a two plus one and they say, hey, we'll give you a couple years. And then when you're uh, in your prime, you can go out there and, and try again as an unrestricted free agent. Give it a shot and let's see. And we'll roll with what we have for a couple years. And then you'll be a free agent the same year, Al Horford and Jay Crowder. And those guys leave and we can kind of figure it out. That could, be a, that could be a scenario that's palatable palatable to both. However, the Celtics may just decide that they'll put word out that they'll match Marcus Smart offers. And they've done this before. And maybe they'll scare some teams off if Marcus Smart has the same type of season. And if this is his ceiling and if this is who he is, then they could play that game. Just go out there and take the chance that if if it's known to the world that the Celtics will match an offer then teams may just say, we're not going to mess with that. We're not going to try. Because if they, if Brooklyn does offer something stupid to Marcus Smart and the Celtics say, now, you know what, we're not going to match him. Now you've got Marcus Smart for way too much money. And as much as I love Marcus, we're not paying him $25 million a year. That's not who he is. He's not a $25 million a year player. So if some team wants to swoop in and do that, then you say, congratulations, Marcus. Good for you for getting paid. We'll uh, we'll give you a round of applause when you come back to Boston. But the Celtics can play that game and get into this time next year, late July, and maybe get back to the same number that they were at at potential extension talks. So I, I think they they make they make the offer, and then if they if that doesn't Materialize if Smart and his agents say no, we want to see what restricted free agency uh, gives us. Then I think the Celtics would be fine going into that. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of money out there, and a lot of guards are are taken. And if the point guard situation is all kind of settled around the league, and Marcus Smart's not a shooting, uh, still not shooting particularly great, then I don't think any team's going to come swooping in with a money that'll pry him away. Tyler at Tyler eats with two T's nine. What kind of player do you think Yabu will end up being? And what do you think his role will be this season? I think his role this season, it'll be a little more limited. He'll go out there maybe in, in, in short stretches. I don't know how ready he is. I think Selly may end up being kind of what we hoped Sullinger will be. You know, Jared Sullinger was a guy you go out there and rebound, tough, big, wide body, you know, uh, go out there and, and and fight for boards, hit mid-range shots, maybe step back and take threes instead of long twos. I, I think that might be who we get with Yabu Kind of like the what what Sullinger's ceiling was might be what Yabu is. Uh I, I think he's a little more limited this season because the Celtics have uh, an opportunity to use Marcus Morris and other guys, Aaron Baines, for toughness and rebounding. But, you know, he'll get a shot. He'll get in there for the preseason. They'll mix him in from time to time. And if there's an injury, if somebody goes down, if if Morris sprains an ankle, then Yabuselli might get his chance. At PWR 321, in hindsight, should the Celtics have traded the Nets pick this year for Butler. Uh, I'm not this year's Nets pick. No, I'm happy getting Jason Tatum. Uh, I think the, I think Jimmy Butler is, is a good player. I mean, he's a really good player. No doubt about it, but to, to have him, I don't know. I, I just not that great a three point shooter. I think the Celtics are just looking for a different style of player and he's, he's good. He's really, really good. Top notch player. I mean, top twenty player in the league, maybe, but I'm I'm happy with Tatum. I'm happy moving forward with him. I might have moved a different pick. I might have moved the Memphis Clippers. You know, something else. A couple of other players for him, but I'm not I, I'm not moving that Nets pick. The top three picks, just or number one overall pick. That's just too much. It's too much. When you look down the road about guys who are gonna get paid and how much money you're gonna to have to lay out, I'd rather take the chance at Tatum developing because again, he's making five and a half million this year, six point seven next year, seven point eight with the team option. I mean he'll by the time his qualifying offer rolls around, he'll be making up to thirteen. But that still you've got four solid years of Jason Tatum making less than ten million dollars, which is really, really important. Because if he gives you, high, you know, high production and lives up to or outplays that contract, now you've got a guy who's getting half the Butler money for twice the years. I don't know. I, I think you can... I would rather have an outperforming his contract, Jason Tatum, than Butler. Butler is a, a, a win-right-now kind of guy... And maybe if you put Butler with Hayward, and you worked something out there, maybe that that works out. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm okay with how things went. I'm really okay with how things went. I'm not looking for the Celtics to go out there and try to match up with the Warriors just just yet. I'm happy with waiting a year or two and letting Tatum in two years become what Butler is now at 7.8 million dollars. And that's kind of the goal. To get guys who outperform their deals, so I don't think I don't think going for Butler, I I can, I can see why the Celtics backed off. Also, from at PWR321, Wick has said the Celtics will go into the luxury tax. So why did they have to trade Avery Bradley to get under the cap? Uh, I that is a a salary cap mechanism. So this is how it works: you can go into the luxury tax. That number is like 100, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like 123 million or so. But that's after you're over the cap. To sign a free agent, you have to be under the cap, at least to sign Gordon Hayward. They had to be under the cap enough to fit him in. Now, once they're over the cap, okay, the guys that they have on their team, that they have the bird rights to, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Marcus Smart. Now you can go over the cap to sign those guys. It's, It's a little complicated, and I don't want to bog people down in the minutia. But once you use that cap space, then you can start going over the cap to sign your own guys after they've been there for three years. There are other mechanisms, but it's just a little too complicated. So... They needed to be under the cap to offer Gordon Hayward the maximum contract 29.7 million. The way they get that far under the cap was making some of the other moves, waving Mickey, stretching Demetrius Jackson, and trading Avery Bradley for Morris. They cleared another they cleared enough money to open up a spot with with Avery Bradley. Uh, they they needed three more million so they traded him out they brought back Morris they had enough money after that to give Hayward the the maximum contract now their their payroll is up over a hundred million next year they can give Isaiah Thomas his max contract they can give Marcus smart that contract whatever that contract ends up being 10 12 million dollars then they can start getting into the luxury tax territory and that's that's just a different tier. So it's salary cap minutia, but it's it's important and that's that's where that went. And one more from PWR 321. Is it crazy to think the Celtics should have signed Bradley instead of Isaiah Thomas given the Gordon signing no you, Bradley, I love Avery Bradley. He's a great defender. He hits those threes. he cuts back door. He's not creating a ton of shots. He's not a scorer like Isaiah Thomas is. Isaiah Thomas is a second-team All-NBA guy. He has the potential to do that again. He has the potential to be in that top five in the MVP race again. He can go out there, and if he matches that season and goes out there and does... Bradley can't do that. He can't do that. All right? For some reason this summer, people are are, are forgetting what Isaiah Thomas is, and, and I'm not saying you are, PWR 321. I'm not saying you are, but it's just a general feeling that I'm getting that people are on this thing about moving on from Isaiah. No. Again, next year they'll be over the cap. Just give him the money. You're not going to get any kind of production from anybody you replace Isaiah Thomas with. You're not going to get that level of production. Go give him the money. I'm I'm sorry to see Avery Bradley go. I wish he didn't have to go, but it made sense. So, uh, I I don't think that they should have signed Avery Bradley instead of Isaiah Thomas. Nathan Nickerson at N.P. Nickerson. Top eight in order. The rotation. I think the Celtics go with Isaiah Thomas, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jay Crowder, Al Horford, Jalen Brown. at six. Uh, Marcus Morris is seven. And Jason Tatum is eight. Um, in order... I, you I mean Thomas Hayward, Horford, or Thomas Horford Hayward, Smart Crowder, Brown Morris Tatum. I think those are your eight guys. That's your big rotation. those you that's your big money right there. and that that makes sense. I mean that, that's I think you've got a solid group. you've got uh, one rookie, one second year player, a bunch of great veterans. And then you can throw in Aaron Baines and Terry Rozier as your top 10. That's your 10-man rotation. So that's great. And then now the rest of those guys are rookies. And that's where people start to get worried. But I think for a 10-man rotation, that's good. And your top eight, as requested, that's my opinion. Head Dr. J, does, chances Larkin makes the team. Also, if Larkin makes the team, whose spot does he take? Uh, I do I, I don't think Larkin makes the team. I, at this point, when you're the 16th guy on uh, the 15-man roster, I think you're just brought in for competition's sake. But if he does, I might say, uh, you know, look, they just they just signed Abdel Nader. He's probably the cheapest. Uh, I I I think they really like Ojale. Maybe, maybe Thice. I got to see what his deal is worth, but, or you never know. Maybe they, maybe they move Rosier. Maybe they've seen enough out of Rosier. I brought that up before. Uh, I think, but I I don't think the chances are very good that, um, that he makes the team. Also for head Dr. J, let's get crazy. Pelly's stink next season and start shopping AD next summer. What's a fair package? Oh, anybody? Anybody? Uh, that would be difficult because uh, they. Look, the Pelicans, they've got. They just signed. They just signed uh, Rajan Rondo. I don't think he's long for that team. He's just there for the one year. Uh, you might, if they move. Look, if they move. Davis, maybe you you say, look, we'll give you Horford to match salaries, and then we'll take um, we'll take Omer Ashik's contract off your hands, and you know we'll give you Jalen Brown and whatever else, some picks. Uh, I I think that's. Uh, basically anybody, it's hard. It's hard for me to say. You know, look, Isaiah Thomas is going to be a free a free agent. They they could sign and trade, I suppose. But I mean, Horford's making a ton of money, and that's going to be what really is the uh, the driving force. I mean, that alone makes the salaries match. So then you got to throw in some other stuff. I don't want to spend too much mental energy on this because first of all, I just don't think it's going to happen, and and secondly, look, it, I'm not. I'm gonna give up anything. I'll give up anything for Anthony Davis. Anything, the 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 Lakers pick next year's Brooklyn pick, the Memphis, like all of that stuff. Take it. Go ahead, take it, and start over. You know, Jalen Brown. Yeah, go ahead, take him. Anybody. Sorry, I hate to say, it, but it means Anthony Davis. Jesse Dempolo, Boston has been best with Jay and Al at the 4-5. Does Brad start with that? Is it inevitable? Is starting traditional overrated? I don't think that he starts traditional. It's not. If he starts traditional, then Aaron Baines is a starter. And I don't think Aaron Baines is a starter. He's a 15 to 20 minute a game guy off the bench. And I just think that that is going to be your starting lineup. Jay Crowder at the four, Horford at the five, alongside. Hayward, Isaiah Thomas, and either Marcus Smart or Jalen Brown. That's that's gonna be how they start. I don't think he Brad Stevens cares about starting traditional means anything. So I, I think he I don't think he cares. So you go with Jay, you go with Al, and and that's it. That's your team. Also from Jesse, what does Shemi have to be shooting from three in November before we start calling him semi automatic? I think if he goes out there and starts hitting somewhere around 40%, then we're going to be calling him that pretty quickly. Uh, I love that. At Nicola Bogani, who is the candidate to get cut? I will reiterate, I don't think Larkin makes this team. I think he's back to kind of show himself off. He'll get an opportunity to be seen. He will be shown in preseason and then maybe cut and he'll go sign somewhere else. I just, I don't see him sticking around. Unless, unless the Celtics need depth at point guard and Isaiah Thomas is not ready, then they will have to keep Larkin. And then maybe they just let Thice or you know, Abdel Nader or, or one of those other guys go. But they'll need ball handlers. If Isaiah Thomas is not ready, if that hip continues to be a problem, then they'll need another ball handler. And maybe that's why he's around. Maybe he's just insurance because Isaiah still hasn't had the hip fully examined and and we don't know what what the final scenario is on that. But if Isaiah is not ready, then the Celtics will have to go in another direction. And if he is ready, then I think Larkin gets cut. And I, I think that's just my feeling. It's just a guess. I feel like that's why he's here, just in case. At Without Zerb, love the Scal interview. By the way, J. King did a great job with the Scal interview. That was, uh, was a fun show. If you haven't listened to that, check it out. It was a fun show. He did a great job. Scal's awesome. Lots to, lots to talk about there with KG's competitiveness. Paul Pierce, uh. Scal ran a, a, a mile under five minutes, which is nuts. Uh, he talks about his podium after the championship where he was drunk. I mean, that was just a fun, fun show. If you haven't listened to it, go listen. But the question is, we know KG works with some other teams' bigs. Any chance he would come mentor Ante Zizic? If they asked him, I'm sure he would. I guarantee you, I'm sure he would if they ask. So... There is a chance. There's a big chance. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I know he's been around. He's. I've seen him in Philly. I've seen him in Minnesota. I've seen him elsewhere. He's been around, and if they ask him to come in and teach the kids some footwork and, and show them a few things, he will do that for sure. Last one. <clears throat> I'm preparing myself for this mentally. At Leckblog says, "I keep dreaming about you. Is it because I listen to you at night, or are my issues much deeper in my psyche than that?" Um. I I will say I I don't know. I don't know you, and I can't have a full grasp of your psyche. I will say I'm very dreamy though. And me prancing around in the dreams, doing whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm sure is a positive thing. I don't know the scope of the dreams. Uh, I'm not going to ask. I don't really care. Uh, I hope I am at least entertaining in the dreams. That makes me entertaining at some point, right? Uh, However... I find myself into your psyche. I'm glad that I do. And I hope that I'm in the dreams of many of you, or at least on the phones of many of you as a podcast, as part of the Locked On Celtics podcast, which you should be subscribing to. So it's delivered to you on a daily basis when we publish. You can search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcasts, everywhere, Even on Spotify, that is a huge deal for us. You use Spotify for your playlists. You listen to your music while you're at the gym, while you're in the car. You don't have to switch apps. You can just search for Locked On Celtics on Spotify and subscribe that way. That is a big deal. So do that. Subscribe to us. Give us a rating if you're on iTunes or wherever it is. Give us five stars. If you are allowed to rate us, please rate us five stars. Give us a good review. Let people know. And uh, I know that we've had our share of audio issues as we try to change equipment and change how we record the show. I know some of you have complained. and I know maybe I get a little bit snippy on Twitter. Uh, I, I do admit to that. Because we're all busting our asses, and it's it's work that we do after our full-time jobs. So we're trying, and we're really trying to get it right. And we hope that you continue to listen, and I hope that the efforts are rewarded. And I hope that it's rewarded by a subscription, and a five-star rating, and a good review. So thanks for listening. Thank you for being a regular listener. And we will be here... Probably three days a week instead of five for the rest of the summer. Unless something big happens, then we will be around. But we will still continue to talk about this stuff throughout the summer. So keep hitting us up with that Rain and Jays hashtag. Keep listening. We'll be here for you. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network.